God's grace, peace, and mercy be upon you on this first Sunday after Christmas. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, it's finally here, Christmas weekend. The hustle and bustle of the Christmas season is coming to a close. You might still have some shopping to do for those you didn't get to, or their gifts were back-ordered. Maybe you even have some to re- return or exchange. Then there's all of us who got gift cards, so there's more shopping to do, right? <laughs> but we've gathered here one more time, even amidst the snow, even after Christmas Eve and Christmas Day services, to continue our celebration and contemplate the great wonder of the birth of Jesus Christ and receive all the blessings in this service that God has to give to us. Now, you know me. Sometimes I like to show a piece of artwork along with the sermon. And I would like, to, I would like us to consider one more of the nativity of Jesus today with the goal that alongside the words of the prophet Isaiah, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, we might once again receive with awe, gratitude, and faith this awesome gift of God. Now, there are many familiar images of the nativity of Christ. You know, most paintings are inviting peaceful scenes. I always find it interesting, though, that the child is in a type of, that, that, that though he's in a type of feeding trough, he remarkably always looks comfortable and happy, with arms stretched out as if begging to be picked up by us and hugged. Or he's sound asleep, and the glow on the faces of all the people around him are a mixture of sanctity, the blending of halos, and the expression of joy and wonder of the holy family. But the picture I would like us to consider is different. This one didn't go out on any Christmas cards this year, or any year after 2004. This painting is entitled The Holy Virgin and was created by Russian artist Sergei Chepik. It was commissioned for St. Paul's Cathedral in London, and that's where you'll find it on display. In this image, Mary is dressed as a beggar woman, emaciated and pale. The Christ child stands not as an infant meek and mild, but as a thin, sickly young boy. His arms are outstretched, though hardly as an invitation for an embrace. An angel strains to ring the bells, which look to be in a tangled mess. For what do they toll? Peace or war? Let's focus on Mary's face, though. What do you see? What's she looking at? Her expression, it's not the usual face of Mary at Christmas. Where is the peace, the joy? She looks horrified, terrified, grief-stricken perhaps. What is she looking at that would yield such an expression? Maybe she's looking at our world, at the crazy commercialization of Christmas, how it's run rampant and tainted this holy time of year. Maybe she's looking in sorrow and disbelief as she sees the world use the birth of her son as an occasion for consumerism 
from Black Friday till last Friday. The roads and stores and websites have been filled with shoppers. Mouses on home computers and keypads on smartphones clicking away for deals. Shipping deals and two-for-one specials. I suspect many of us will have similar looks as Mary here when we see our, our credit card bills next month. Perhaps she's looking out at the garish light displays and superficial holiday jingles and stands horrified at the lack of goodwill and peace in our world. But, but maybe she's more nearsighted than that. What if her gaze does not go past these walls but rests upon us in this sanctuary? What does she see then? Does she see a group of people who are different than what we see in the world? Maybe her sight is even sharper than we imagine. So that her gaze penetrates beyond the veneer of Christmas cheer down into the heart. To my heart. And there her eyes behold my own selfishness to give. My thoughtlessness. My neglect of people who called me to minister to them. I had some high hopes this year that I would commit some significant time to reach out to those I hadn't heard from in a while. But my intentions once again shrunk to the shrink wrap around my own immediate worries and tasks, hardly making it beyond the boundaries of my usual relationships. As this peasant woman presents her son to the world, maybe she looks into our hearts and she is grieved to see our failings. Maybe she's looking at who we are, what we have, and what we offer, and she is shocked. I suppose all of these are possibilities, for they all carry a measure of truth. But what's she really looking at? It's not a rhetorical question anymore. She's actually looking at something opposite her. Remember I said this painting hangs at Saint, in uh, St. Paul's Cathedral in London. It's the first in, in a series of four panels hung in the nave on pillars that face each other. And if you were to stand before this painting and turn around to match your line of sight with Mary, you would see what she's looking at. She's looking at this. Her son stretched out on the cross. She's not looking at what the world or the church or any of us give or don't give at Christmas. She's looking at what she has given, what God has given, what her, what her son has given for the life of the world. Not our gifts, but this gift. This is Christmas. For unto us a child is born, for unto us a son is given. It's actually a bit of an unwelcome, uncomfortable thing to be on the receiving end of such an enormous gift. We don't like to admit that we are helpless at Christmas. We prefer to think of ourselves as, as relatively generous, giving people with the ability to help not only ourselves, but others. We like Dickens's Christmas story of Ebenezer Scrooge because it suggests that Christmas brings a change of heart. It can bring out the best in people, and that even the stingiest among us can be generous. We like the Grinch who stole Christmas for that reason too. And to an extent we are generous, and we do help those in need. 
We see that here, and it's a blessing from God. But the Christmas story of the Gospels of Matthew and Luke are about God's unimaginable gift to the world, even when the world didn't think it needed it, even when much of the world would not receive it. Christmas is about a helpless world lost in darkness that receives a great light. Our passage from Isaiah shows this. At the time when Isaiah painted these words on a papyrus scroll with ink, the ten tribes of northern Israel, which included Galilee, had been destroyed by the Assyrian Empire. And the people of Israel were utterly helpless, in anguish and contempt, dwelling in deep darkness. But then comes the unimaginable gift. The rod of the oppressor broke it. The tyrannical rule of the enemy overthrown. Instead, a child will be, will be born. The gift of the promised king and the government will be on his shoulder. And his reign will bring, everla- bring everlasting peace. He will rule with justice and righteousness forever. How will this happen? Will Israel bring it about? Will some generous benefactor or a prince or a hero? No. The zeal of the Lord will do this. A child is born. A son is given. A child set for the fall and rising of many in Israel. A child born to die. God's son. Now we began with the face of Mary. She endured much. She gave much. But like us, she received even more. Perhaps we are like her. Yeah, the church is surprisingly like Mary. We've heard the promise, and in hearing the word in faith, a miracle has been conceived in us. By the gift of the Holy Spirit, the church indeed bears Christ as a mother would a child, a treasure in our midst. But also like Mary, the church does not clutch the Christ child, keeping the baby to herself alone, but she gives the child to the world. Giving this gift, the gift of Jesus to the world, is not easy. It's usually not like the pleasant exchange of gifts we had yesterday. In fact, in giving this gift, we often suffer. It's like dying, really. Dying to ourselves and living for another. In this, our gift and the gift of God become one. And we find ourselves looking more like the Savior. Members of His body. Bearing the burden of others as living sacrifices. How uncomfortable such a gift can be. It transforms us, though, into a people that we may not quite be ready to be. And yet God gives it to us anyways. A baby unto us, born and given. Amen.